Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Just Some Magic Podcast. I am your host Morgan and I'm so excited to be here today to do another solo show. So once a month I will come on and share one of my most magical moments because I've had tons of experience going to Disney parks, whether it be Disneyland, Disney World, working for the company, but today is going to take us over to Disneyland for my favorite princess's anniversary. And if you don't already know, if you haven't listened to any other episode other than this one, my favorite princess is Sleeping Beauty. I adore her so much. I think she is so beautiful and she's so graceful and I just love her optimism and curiosity. Even though she's not in her movie very long and she's sleeping for most of it, I think she just has such a personality and I love her. I think her movie is great. Her villain is fantastic with Maleficent. I think the three good fairies are awesome. So my magical moment involves my very favorite princess on her anniversary at Disneyland and I also got to go celebrate in LA which was such an amazing experience I never thought I'd get to experience in my lifetime so stick around for that story. every episode I typically ask my guests questions and since I'm by myself I took to Instagram to ask you guys what you guys wanted to know and help me decide what questions I was going to answer so thank you everyone who participated in that the first question you guys chose for me to answer is if I was taking a first timer to Disney World with a four-day pass which park and ride would I take them on first So I feel like most people would take first timers to Magic Kingdom, but I feel like I might want to start off in Animal Kingdom just because it's very different and it'll still give that like build up to that Fantasyland Disney imagination that they have that everybody kind of knows and I think the first ride I would take them on is Flight of Passage because it's good to go in the mornings because it's less weight and also it's such a unique and awesome ride you don't have to understand the story of Avatar to appreciate it and I think the queue and the build-up and the technology is amazing so that is my answer I would take them to Animal Kingdom and then Flight of Passage. So the next question you guys want me to answer is if my home could smell like a specific scent from the Disney parks, what scent would it be and why? Okay, I know exactly which answer I'd want. For the longest time, I would sort of said the Polynesian. There's just something about that smell. I couldn't, can't quite pinpoint what that smell is, but I just love going into the Polynesian and that hotel. But I would say now that the Riviera is open, that French inspired, it's like whatever smell that they had, it's very relaxing yet calming and it's most clean. I don't know why. I just absolutely love it. I would say the Riviera Resort at Disney World. 
next question you guys want me to answer is what country would I like to add to Epcot and why? Okay, this is so easy for me. I would love to have an Australian pavilion. I don't know why ever since I was a young kid, I've always been fascinated with Australia. I love watching Australian reality TV shows. I love their accents. I love everything about it. And I would love to visit one day. I would love it even better if it was in the World Showcase so I can travel the world and go to Australia. So I think that would be so cool to have that in the World Showcase. And the very last question you guys chose for me to answer is, if I were designing a brand new Disney ride, which two things would I focus on? And the four choices are thrill, capacity, technology, and theming. And I would say thrill and theming because I am a big thrills girl. I love Tower of Terror, Rock and Roller Coaster, all of those crazy rides, but also I want a good story and a good theming. Kind of like Hagrid's over at Universal. I know we're, this is a Disney type of podcast, but we do love Universal as well. I think Hagrid's is actually the perfect combination of all four, and I would love to have a ride that's just as good at the Disney park. So I would try to focus on something that was similar to Hagrid's with theming and thrill. Now I'll get to some of the questions that you guys submitted. Alex asked, what character meet and greet option that you'd love to go do that has never been an option? Okay, this is kind of an obscure answer, but this is very similar to when Merida was first introduced to the parks as a meet and greet character. She had a little wagon behind her with three little bears that happened to be her brothers. If you haven't seen the movie, definitely go watch it. And she would interact with them and it was so cute. I loved watching videos over at Disneyland and Disney World of the bears popping up and down or squealing or interacting with Merida. It was so cute. But for me, an interaction that hasn't ever occurred, I would love Aurora's forest friends. So bunny boots, that's what I call them, where there's two bunnies in boots or the owl that wears Prince Philip's cape and hat. I think that would be such a cute meet and greet as like a stationary to go along with Aurora, whether it be an animatronic or whatnot or a puppet. I think that could be really cute in an interaction as well, especially if like the owl was like on the tree, like wearing Prince Philip's hat. I think that would be really cute. And Aurora was in her Briar Rose outfit. I would love to see that as well. This next question comes from Shelby. What do I like better about Disney World than Disneyland? So if you guys haven't listened to this show before, I am a big Disneyland advocate. I love it so much. I think you have to go and experience it to realize how special of a park it is. But I do love Disney World as well. And one of the things, I absolutely love this question. I feel like I could write a whole paper about this. But I think one of the things that I like that Disney World does better than Disneyland is the queues. I love the interactive queues through like Seven Doors Mine Train with like the gems playing or Winnie the Pooh and you got the honey on the wall. Or one of my personal favorites, the Peter Pan queue where you are walking through the darling's house and you go into the bedroom and Tinkerbell is interacting with random objects throughout the room. That is one of my favorite cues. I almost like it better than the ride because the Peter Pan ride is so short. Yeah, that is one of the biggest things I wish Disney World could bring over to Disneyland. I think cues are so important because leading up to it, it kind of builds that suspense or that anticipation for the ride and also like tells part of the story. So I wish Disneyland had more interactive cues and more fun in them. 
Our next question is from Bethany. What is my earliest memory visiting the Disney parks and seeing a Disney movie? That is a definitely a tough one. As I get older and go to the parks more and more and more, I think my earliest memories start to fade and my more recent ones like are more present. But I think my earliest one will probably be going to Animal Kingdom and seeing the Tarzan Rocks show. I remember the monkeys being roller skaters and like doing cool tricks around the stage area. It was so cool and I very much miss that show. Also, I don't remember what park it was in, but I remember there being a Pocahontas show and the grandmother willow tree coming to life. And I just remember as a kid thinking that that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Also, I have faint memories of the Spectrum Magic Parade. I think it's kind of a trend that I liked shows even early on as a kid. The very first time I went at 16 months old. Sadly, I don't remember it, but there's really cute pictures of me meeting Chip and Dale and a couple other characters and maybe even watching a parade or two. This next question is from Hillary. When Disneyland opens again, what ride will you go on first and what is the first snack or meal I'll have? Okay, this is without a doubt, not even hesitating, the Indiana Jones ride in Adventureland. I absolutely love that ride so much. Dinosaur at Disney World's great and all, but I just think the theming of Indiana Jones is so much better. So that is one of my favorites. And I think the first snack, which I've already kind of gotten over at Buena Vista Street, and you can get it at Downtown Disney, is the Churro Toffee at Disneyland. You can only get it at Disneyland, and so it is my absolute favorite. And if I were to get a meal, I think, depending on the season, I would go to New Orleans Cafe and get the Monte Cristo sandwich and the palm frites and a mint julep because no other Disney property does it just as good a mint julep as they do at Disneyland in New Orleans Square. All right, this next one is from Susie. She asked, what is my favorite hidden or overlooked spot in the park? Uh, any of them. And I think this one's actually very new. So recently I went to Animal Kingdom and I, for the very first time, instead of, you know, going home half day, I was like, let's go explore and see all the animals. So we went down the Asia track and the Africa track and it was so cool how nice little loop path it went to go see the gorillas. And then if you go down the Asia one, there's the tigers. I think the tigers is my favorite spot in the Asia one. I absolutely adore it. And then over at Disneyland, it's definitely not hidden, but I do like kind of going there to escape the crowds a little bit, is not only the animation building, but the Sorcerer's Workshop. It's very overlooked for sure. And there's a lot of cool like hidden gems in it and a lot of little Sleeping Beauty references. And if you get to the Beast Library part, you can do a character quiz. So that's always really fun. And I love seeing the Beast Library transforming back and forth. So always a good time. I love it in there. So my good friend Rebecca asked, besides all of my gorgeous aurora of Disney bounds I do, what is my favorite Disney bound I've ever done? Okay, so I have done Sleeping Beauty twice. I've done her pink dress for one dapper day and I've done her Briar Rose outfit for a fall dapper day. But I think my next favorite Disney bound would definitely have to be Maleficent 
only because I know we're trying to stay away from the movie and stuff and be more original, but it was designed by my good friend Caprice. I wanted a Dapper Day Maleficent outfit and it was so grand. It was so well put together and I did put on horns for it. Even it was Dapper Day and it was just so fun being a villain essentially and I just love that costume. I still have it to this day. She put so many little details that I asked and she's just so creative and I just felt like a true villainous queen wearing it. But if I didn't say that, if I stayed away from the Sleeping Beauty movie, even though this is a Sleeping Beauty episode, I would say my Inside Out Disney bound I did. It was a very simple Disney bound. I wore a blue t-shirt dress and I wore these big circle glasses and straightened my hair and just kind of like pouted for these pictures and it was really fun. I had a friend do Disgust and I had another friend do Joy and I actually committed and at Pixar Pier laid on the ground and had my friend that was Disney bounding as Joy hold my foot and I looked all like pouty and stuff. So that was a really good fun Disney bound. Like it wasn't the most elaborate outfit I put together but it was definitely the pictures made it all made it all the better. My friend Audrey asked, choose a side, Captain America or Iron Man? And luckily I have recently kind of watched Captain America Civil War and I think I'm on Captain America's side. There's a lot of both back and forth. I think I have more of my favorite characters on Captain America's side. But okay, if there was a third choice, I definitely want to be on Black Widow's side. If there was a third option, she definitely sees the good in both sides and the bad in both sides. And I'm definitely more so aligned with her, I believe, if that's allowed as an answer. So Robert asked, what is my favorite restaurant in Epcot and why? Okay, so typically when I'm in Epcot, I kind of save my snack credits if I'm on the dining plan and kind of like do the festivals and check out the snack areas and do a lot of quick service so I can get a lot of a little things. And I typically get guacamole in the Mexico pavilion, but not from the quick service. I do it from the little side stand to the left when you're entering Mexico from the beginning of World Showcase. But I think my full like sit down restaurant oh it's a toss-up between the Mexico pavilion on the inside where you can see the Grand Fiesta tour from the restaurant that is just so good a uh, friend's family took me there about a year ago and there was something that I got on that menu I cannot remember the name of it but it was so good I wanted more I've been thinking about it for about a year now because I loved it so much but it was like a bunch of veggies it was like kind of a fajita kind of thing going on and I just crave it so much I'm actually thinking about it now and getting hungry and my other favorite restaurant would have to be Garden Grill. I mean, what restaurant like spins around like that and you get characters and really good food and cool changes of scenery. Like it's just all in one. I remember getting something there. I don't, I don't remember what it was, but I remember it being really good. So those are my two favorite at Epcot. And this last question from you guys comes from Jeff. What tips do you have for first timers visiting Disneyland? I would say at first kind of get the lay of the land and kind of figure out which rides you want to do and typically what the weights are so you can prioritize and maximize your max pass if those are still going on by the time that Disneyland does open back up. I think the really cool thing with MaxPass was being able to refresh it and then possibly get a very popular attraction FastPass within like 10 or 15 minutes. That was always a cool thing. So be sure to maximize your FastPasses and refresh as often as you can. 
And then my next thing I would say too is in the morning, if you can get there super early, go hit up all the fantasy land rides first. Those are really short waits in the morning. And especially Peter Pan does kind of get longer throughout the day because it is a very popular ride. But you can hit up all five of those fantasy land rides within an hour, which is Peter Pan's Flight, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, Snow White's Scary Adventure, which is by the time Disneyland opens back up, Snow White's Enchanted Wish, Pinocchio's Daring Journey, and Alice in Wonderland Ride. Those five dark rides you can knock out in that first hour of the park opening. So I would definitely do that first because you definitely can't skip them, but you also don't want them to consume too much of your time at the park. Time to share one of my most magical moments. So if you don't already know, today is Sleeping Beauty's anniversary. It is her 62nd anniversary and she is my absolute favorite princess. And two years ago on her 60th, I was able to celebrate at a really cool place. Not only did I go to Disneyland, but I did go to a very special event in celebration for her 60th. So to celebrate my very favorite princess's anniversary, I started, of course, at Disneyland the night before I prepped my outfit and my curls and made sure they were just like as curly as Aurora's was. I got to the park super early to try to make sure I can go see her during the day at her meet and greet location over by the wishing well to the right of her castle. She had times at 9.30, 11, 110, 1.30, and 3.30, and I was so worried I wasn't going to see her. So I got all dressed up. I wore a pink and blue tie-dye dress. I wore a pink little sweater over it, a little simple flower crown, an Aurora crown necklace, and also got a pink drink at Starbucks because, you know, why not? The first meet and greet time shows up and we're all, there's like a good amount of people around, mostly adults just kind of waiting for her knowing that it's today's her anniversary. After chatting for a bit, we all kind of like was hoping maybe, you know, since it's a very special anniversary, maybe Philip will come out. Maybe the fairies will come out. I don't know. And their first meet and greet time at 930 goes by and she doesn't show up. And we were like asking any cast members that went by like, oh, is she coming by? Is she sleeping in? And they said she's sleeping in, which is kind of funny. I kind of waited around in hopes that I wouldn't miss her again. At this time, I'll also mention this is when the Disneyland Sleeping Beauty Castle was actually going through refurb and getting a new paint job and touch-ups and stuff. So the area around the castle was blocked off, but there was a really pretty Sleeping Beauty mural forest scene around the edges of some of the sides of the castle, which was really cool. So after a while, after her first meet and greet not showing and her not showing up to her second either, I was starting to stress. I was like, oh no, am I going to see Sleeping Beauty today? She already missed two out of her five meet and greet times. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to see her. But at her third meet and greet time slot, she showed up about 15 minutes late but that was totally fine and it was so magical i absolutely loved seeing her and chatting with her and talking about her anniversary and of course we had to talk about the three good fairies flora fauna and meriwether and it was just such a magical meet and greet she loved my outfit and it was just so fun my friend David actually was able to take a couple good pictures of me and Aurora during our meet and greet and they probably were one of my favorites. 
He also was able to get me an exclusive movie anniversary pin to celebrate the 60th that only cast members could get. So I was like super grateful for that. It was like the best pin ever. And at the time I just started collecting pins. So this was a really special like pin I really wanted to get that I didn't even know I wanted. So I stay at the parks for a couple more hours and I see a few characters, go on a few more rides. I went on Space Mountain and of course I had to meet some more princesses to celebrate Sleeping Beauty's 60th and I asked them, oh, how are you guys celebrating today? I believe Snow White said she's going to make a gooseberry pie. Cinderella said they're going to throw a ball for her and Ariel was just so excited to go as well. I stayed and hung around Fantasyland since, you know, it's a very Fantasyland kind of day, you know, Sleeping Beauty's 60th. So I watched the Tangle show at the Royal Theater and also saw Aladdin and Jasmine walking around the parks as well. Of course, you get a little hungry and you want a snack, and so I was able to get a Dole Whip, and while I was drinking it, I was walking around looking for all of the Valentine's Day cards that were around Disneyland in prep for Valentine's Day coming up. And then about four o'clock in the afternoon, I left the parks and you think like, oh, wouldn't you want to stay there the whole day since it was Sleeping Beauty's anniversary and this is her castle here at Disneyland? Well, I actually was invited by a friend to go to the Sleeping Beauty screening over at the El Capitan Theater in LA. So we had quite a long drive. I'm pretty sure I fell asleep on the way up there because um, we got stuck in a ton of traffic. And I changed from my Sleeping Beauty pink and blue outfit to my Maleficent costume that I had. I had a Maleficent Dapper Day outfit that a good friend Caprice designed for me back in fall Dapper Day just a couple months earlier. And I brought the whole outfit out. I wore the dress. I wore the little neck howl thing. And I also wore my Maleficent horns. Now, I really didn't think wearing Maleficent horns to a theater, I did not think that through. So that actually runs into a little problem a little bit later. But before we even got to the theater, we ran to the bathroom to change. I had to fix my hair. So there was a very specific way I did my hair with having the Maleficent horns on. So I parted my hair and then separated it and then put my horns on and then wrapped my hair in braids around each of the horns to almost look like it was growing out of my head from my hair. And I absolutely love that style. It looked really, really cool. So we actually changed in the parking lot bathroom, um, which was actually pretty nice. But yeah, we changed there and got ready in there. And I definitely took the longest because my hair with all the little intricate braids took a while. But we all looked cute. Uh, my friends wore pink and blue outfits. My other friend wore a briar rose outfit with a crown on. And they were all just so cute. We get to the theater and they have Sleeping Beauty there as a meet and greet. I was so excited. Not only did I meet her at Disneyland, but I get to see her at the El Capitan Theater. And there was just so many cool people dressed up for the movie and it just made my heart so happy because, you know, she's not the most popular Disney princess, but to see everybody dressed up as her just is so magical. When I went to go meet Sleeping Beauty, I had a rose for her. I don't remember where I got it from, but I just thought like my gratitude of her being my absolute favorite princess, I just wanted to give her this rose. So I gave her this rose. She absolutely loved it. We took a couple pictures together and actually the next day I woke up and my picture was on the El Capitan social media site. That was so cool to be on their Facebook and their Instagram. I truly felt famous and I got a lot of compliments on my costume. 
And also, I'm kind of glad I went with the Maleficent route because a lot of people were doing Sleeping Beauty or a pink or blue version or so I'm really glad I went the villainous route. So we go, we grab our snacks and we go to sit down and we're kind of in the middle of the theater, kind of on the side. I realize my horns are blocking people's view. I was so nervous and it definitely took me about 10 to 20 minutes to get my hair all intricately braided like that. And I was worried about like taking it out and looking like a mess and also, but I didn't want to block people around me. So actually the El Capitan people at the theater were so kind about this whole situation, but they asked me if I could either take my horns off or move. I said, I don't mind moving at all. I don't want to be in anybody's way. It would just take me way too long to undo all my hair around the horns. So they moved us to the back, which was actually kind of a better view. And the fact that I wasn't giving them a hard time and being just cooperative about the whole thing, they actually brought me and my friend some extra snacks and like a slushy and a couple more boxes of candy just for being so kind about it and so that just made the whole experience that much better so we watched the movie i have never seen sleeping beauty my absolute favorite classic movie on the big screen and it was so cool and so surreal to watch it in the theater full of people and having them laugh at the three good fairies at their funny parts or or clapping at the end when prince philip kisses her and she comes awake and the spell's broken like it was so amazing and so surreal to all the feelings that I feel during the movie other people felt the same way and were laughing and clapping and it was just such a fun amazing experience and after the show my friend Faye and I took a couple of fun pictures we kind of recreated the movie in different scenes and she even got on the floor to recreate the scene where Sleeping Beauty is laying on the ground after she's pricked her finger and Maleficent reveals her cape to show that Sleeping Beauty is on the floor and it says here's your precious princess so we recreated a couple of fun scenes and that was amazing and leaving the theater to see Sleeping Beauty in at the marquee like that was so amazing it was such a magical experience and it was definitely the best way to celebrate sleeping beauty's anniversary for sure and the final cherry on top is the next morning i woke up to notifications of my picture with sleeping beauty and me as maleficent from the el capitan theater on the el capitan facebook and instagram it was so amazing to have so many people appreciate my costume to wear for the thing and how all out i went for my favorite princess slash favorite villain it was such a magical moment and i will absolutely never forget it and i hope to celebrate her 65th and 70th that but good as well And now time for some listener stories that you, the fan, sent in. If you would like to submit your story to be read on the Just Some Magic podcast, please go to justsomemagic.com and click on the Share Your Magic tab. Here is a listener story sent in by you, the fans. My family and I volunteer at Disney Marathons. Along with volunteering in my house, Disney is a must. But more specifically, Princess Aurora has a special place in my heart. Before this day, I may have only been to Epcot twice besides when I volunteered with my choir for Candlelight. As well, I have never been before this date to the Epcot Flower and Garden Festival or have ever met Princess Aurora. 
Growing up, my parents had never really been interested in characters when going to the parks. I should also mention that Aurora is my favorite Disney princess, and as a kid, I called her Sleeping Looty. This led to my mom and myself going to Epcot for the Flower and Garden Festival for the first time. While walking around, I noticed that Princess Aurora was saying hello to guests in the France Pavilion, and there was not a lot of people in line. I asked my mom if it was possible for us to go. My mom suggested that I go in line and that she'll wait for me. When I finally got to meet her, it was such a splendid conversation with her and it just felt so magical. sent in by Danny Barnes from Mouse Park Insider. If you haven't already listened to their podcast, you definitely should. They're very good friends of mine, but she has a Sleeping Beauty story of her own. In 2009, my best friend Lacey and I got Disney tattoos together. She was always the aerial to my Aurora, so we decided to get it forever engraved in our skins. A few months later, at the very first D23 Expo, Lacey was able to meet Mary Costa. And for those that don't know, Mary Costa was the voice of Sleeping Beauty. Unfortunately, I had to work, so I was unable to attend the expo, but Lacey made sure to make her meeting with my favorite Disney princess memorable. Instead of fangirling herself, Lacey spent her time with Mary Costa by showing her the photo of my newly finished Sleeping Beauty tattoo. Mary loved it. This was back when Disney tattoos weren't as quite as common as they are nowadays. She was blown away and told Lacey to say hello to me for her and to tell her that she loved my tattoo. Although I wasn't able to be there, this little story made me feel like I came pretty close to meeting my favorite Disney princess. This next story comes from Samantha C. Aurora is my favorite Disney princess and have been ever since I was a little girl. One of the fondest childhood memories is Christmas Day, when my dad told me he was going to go put things away in my room, and to my surprise, I turned around and I saw the Princess Aurora doll by my door. So Aurora is very much a character I loved for a long time and tied special memories to as a kid. Ironically, I remember Aurora being a rather exclusive character at the parks and at least during the time when I visited as a kid. I distinctly remember going to Disneyland one year, keeping my eye out for her, and sadly watching her walk away as she was done for the day, probably off to go take a nap at Sleeping Beauty's castle. I was super disappointed, but it was what it was. However, a couple years ago, as an adult, I had the pleasure of meeting Aurora twice at Disney World, once at Epcot and another at Cinderella's Royal Table. Frankly, I can't remember our interaction or anything of what she said to me. I guess I was too lost in the moment. Either way, I was so happy to see her. It's just fun to tap into your imagination, nostalgia, and the kid inside of you sometimes. Or for me, all the time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. It means so much to me. And I want to know who's your favorite princess. So if you guys want to follow us on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, if you want to comment on this episode and tell us who your favorite princess is, I would absolutely love to hear it. And you want to subscribe so you never miss a single episode. We have episodes every Monday and Thursday. And we're always looking for more magical moments from you guys. So be sure to go to justamagic.com and click on the share your magic button to submit your most magical moment to possibly be read on the show thank you guys so much for listening it means so much to me that you guys enjoy this podcast and i hope you guys have a magical day